Hand me the new script, I'll tell you. All right, here it is. <clears throat> right now at your Kamloops brand source Lazy Boy store, prices are madder than ever on all Serta and Beautyrest mattresses. How mad? 60% off a Beautyrest Delaware Plush Comfort Top Queen. Crazy madness price, just $6.99. And 65% off a Beautyrest Crest Hill Plush Tight Top Queen. Crazy madness price, only $18.99. And remember, five before noon, sleep on it tonight. Actually, that's not mad. That's just the way they roll. And wait again. Again, because it gets madder still, because even Lazy Boy has gone mad. Save up to $800 off Lazy Boy Euro-style recliners now from just $599. Plus 50% off every other genuine Lazy Boy rocker recliner. The madness keeps getting madder with March Madness Savings. Now at your Kamloops brand source Lazy Boy store. $12.89 Dalhousie Drive. Digging deeper into the day's top stories, you're listening to Jeff Andreas on 610 AM News Talk and RadioNL.com. Welcome in to the Jeff Andreas Show, and thanks so much for joining me here on Tuesday, March 24th. We already knew, of course, that all major North American sports were on the back burner right now. No NHL, no NBA, no MLB, no MLS. Now, locally, we know there's going to be no WHL season. That's done. And the Memorial Cup, well, not going to happen. Kelowna, of course, was set to host that, but uh, not going to be happening here in 2020. And speaking of sports, of course, one of the most money-hungry organizations out there, the International Olympic Committee, announced that it is postponing the Olympic Games here. Yes, the 2020 Summer Olympics, which were set to take place in Tokyo, were postponed now until 2021. That ends weeks of speculation that the games could not go ahead as scheduled because of the coronavirus pandemic. You know, we, we say Canada, we saw Canada take the lead as its athletes announced that they would not be going and then Australia followed suit and then not long after the Olympic Committee has now decided to take the appropriate step and postpone the games for the time being. Now, they weren't scheduled to go off until, you know, later in the summer, you know, four plus months away, which does feel like maybe it could have been enough time to see if things could go ahead as normal, but... There, of course, is no normal right now, right? People cannot be making travel plans at this time. People will be nervous about getting into any sort of gatherings for quite some time. It just makes sense to pull the plug on the event for the time being. As a big sports guy, you know, this year is just now a complete bust. Um, but, of course, the health and well-being of people is the most important thing, not, uh, not my entertainment when it comes to the sporting world. So hopefully we're all uh, staying safe, staying quarantined, and, and, you know, staying away from others as much as possible. So, of course, we are dealing with a virus right now that has a mortality rate above 4%. I mean, there have been about 400,000 cases recorded worldwide now, and more than 17,000 people have died as a result. That's a 4.25% uh, mortality rate from COVID-19. Uh, in Canada, that percentage is significantly less. The mortality rate here is about 1.1%. That's still too darn high to be taking any type of unnecessary risks, which is why the province of BC did announce yesterday a new $5 billion aid package to support British Columbians and businesses that are suffering because of the ongoing novel coronavirus pandemic. Premier John Horgan unveiled that plan yesterday. No one is going to restaurants. The tourism economy is slowing to a halt. How will that affect them? How will self-employed people with a modest uh, background uh, also be able to get by without the significant social safety net other uh, hourly employees often have? So this is stressful, no question about that. But people need help now. Businesses need help now. And that's why we're focusing today 
on announcing our action plan for the economy. It's a $5 billion action plan, $2.8 billion focused on people and services, $2.2 billion focused on businesses and recovery going forward. And then uh, following the, the Premier's comments and regarding this $5 billion aid package, and, and you know that was just the, the beginning of the rollout, and then fi- Finance Minister Carol James came on after, and she went on to describe this plan really as just a starting point. It's going to have to evolve as the situation evolves. And we are going to do everything we need to to keep British Columbians safe, healthy and supported, and to keep our economy strong. So to begin that work and to talk about the specifics, I've committed $1.7 billion in investments for critical services. This funding is going to be put to use in the weeks and months ahead to ensure that people have the services and supports they need including funding to address the major health care pressures our province is facing, funding for investment in housing and shelters, including support for tenants struggling to pay rent, looking at rental support programs, funding to support those on income and disability assistance and our most vulnerable people, support for individuals and families who've been affected by this pandemic, and support for businesses who have been hard hit during this crisis. We know that there are people now who are unable to work and need help paying their rent and bills. Workers who are sick or quarantined or isolated who have been laid off. Parents who are having to stay home from work because schools are closed. And those who are caring for sick family members. Our COVID-19 action plan allocates $1.1 billion in funding to provide relief to workers and their families. A new BC emergency benefit for workers will provide a one-time tax-free $1,000 payment to workers in British Columbia whose ability to work has been affected by the outbreak. So there's uh, Finance Minister Carol James unveiling some of the details in regards to that $5 billion plan. At the end of today's show, I will be joined by economist Alex Hemingway to break down that plan a little bit further and how effective it will be for us here in British Columbia, both as individuals and as businesses. And we'll get into that at around the 9.50, or excuse me, the 50-minute mark of this hour. Also in the back half of today's show, I'm going to be speaking with the CEO of Canadian Mental Health Association, BC Division. Johnny Morris will join me to talk about what people can do to stay sane during this time. What types of mental health supports are out there right now for people who are, you know, stuck at home, maybe going a bit stir-crazy, maybe you're just feeling lonely and cut off from the outside world. Well, if you're feeling this way, it is important to know that you are, of course, not alone, and there are supports available for you to take advantage of. So Johnny will be joining me uh, at around the 35-minute mark of the hour to talk a little bit more about what is out there, what is available, how can you, uh, you know, not make yourself feel so isolated at a time where we're being asked to isolate as much as possible. So I think there's a lot of important information in there when it comes to making sure our mental health uh, is of importance as well. And coming up next, the mustard seed here in Kamloops. Yes, it says it is navigating some uncharted territory on top of dealing with COVID-19. What does that mean? Well, the mustard seed is focused on prioritizing clients' And in times like these, clients need supports more than ever. People without a home have no way to self-quarantine, and it must provide them, of course, with a warm and safe space to go. In the midst of recent events, the Mustard Seed organization was hit with a ransomware attack about three weeks ago. It says no client, donor, or financial information was breached, but the system was shut down for a couple of weeks as a result. 
I mean, when you are trying to deal with a pandemic, a global pandemic that is affecting every corner of the earth, and you don't have your 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 internet service, your phone service available to you in order to be able to make plans and and have those contacts that you need to be able to make, um, you know, that's just a, a whole thing that's going to be put on top of an already difficult situation. So I'm going to be joined next by the Mustard Seed here in Kamloops. Talk a little bit about how the organization is handling things right now, what kinds of supports it might need moving forward in order to be better prepared for this type of situation, and really just, you know, how can we support those um, who are, um, you know, most impacted or, or, or uh, you know, most in need here in our community. So coming up next, I'm going to be joined with Mario Borba from the Kamloops Mustard Seed after this. So please stay tuned. More Jeff Andrea show is coming up after this. Stick around. Your opinion. Call or text 250-374-5345. Find us on Facebook or on Twitter at Radio NL News. This is Jeff Andreas on RadioNL.com. Welcome back to the Jeff Andreas Show here on Tuesday. Thanks so much for tuning in. Of course, COVID-19 is hitting all of us. It is hitting everyone out there, really, in some way, shape, or form. And that is no different here locally in Kamloops. And I'm joined on the line now by Mario Borba, the Managing Director of The Mustard Seed. Mario, thank you so much for taking the time here. Oh, thanks for having me, Jeff. So let me just start by asking, you know, how are things? How, how difficult has this been for the mustard seed here in Kamloops over these last couple of weeks so far? Well, for us, it's not different than uh, for anyone else. Uh, everybody is getting a hit from this crisis. Uh, and for the mustard seed, it's no, no different. Uh, we need to follow guidelines to keep everybody safe, which makes our job harder. But uh, we are trying to accommodate everything so we can provide the service to our clients. Yeah, well, what are some of the more you know, unique challenges that you are facing right now as a result of this novel coronavirus? Is there anything that you know, the mustard seed is seeing that it, it is having some challenges dealing with that you know, would be, be unique to an organization like yours? Sure. So for us, uh, you know, we, we normally would serve around 160 plates every day. Now we are only allowed to serve uh, less than 50 people uh, because that is the amount of people that we can have inside of our dining room. Uh, for our shelter space, we need to keep one meter distance between each mats, uh, which makes our capacity lower. Uh, before we had 30 uh, mats capacity, now we only have 24 due to the space. And we still want to serve everybody. So that is the challenge that we have. How can we be creative to continue to serve the population that most need and is the most vulnerable to uh, this crisis uh, without turning anyone back? Yeah, and, and uh, I'll ask about the dining there first and foremost. Um, you know, when, when you're having people in, you, you mentioned 160-plus uh, meals generally being served. Now you have to, of course, have that under 50. So uh, I guess it's just, is it just taking longer for people to, to get in and have, have a good meal at this point in time? Because I assume you're just having everyone in just in smaller groups, I guess, at this point in time. That's right. Everybody that comes in uh, needs to have an intake, which uh, we take their temperature, uh, we give them hand sanitizers, and uh, so that it's one at a time, right? They don't have staff power mm -hmm. to have everybody coming in at the same time. So it creates a line outside, of course, but uh, that's what we are taking to make everybody safe. 
And and when it comes to sleeping arrangements, that sounds like something that would be incredibly difficult at this point in time. You mentioned, you know, your, your number of mats has been reduced quite a bit as a result. How difficult is it or is it even possible to, to have any sort of quarantine during a time like this? I mean, we, we've obviously heard from all of our senior government officials saying, you know, to try to keep our distance as much as possible, to try to stay in groups of one if we can. Um, this really does feel like an impossibility for the mustard seed. Well, we try our best to keep up with the guidelines. Uh, yes, it is very difficult. Uh, however, uh, make everybody safe is our priority. Have a safe space for people to come and feel comfortable there. Uh, for the math programs, uh, working with BC Housing, we are creating a, a new solution. We are trying to decongest the shelters and give space for those that is most vulnerable and is in uh, in the risk. Uh, so those people that have uh, preconditions, we are going to move them out of the shelter, give them a, a, a a safer place to stay so we can have more space in the shelters for those that uh, that need. Um, have, have you guys done anything to try to help when it comes to, you know, keeping keeping people clean? I know I was hearing on uh, the Vancouver East side there, there was uh, some hand-washing stations that have been set up for individuals. I mean, this uh, really seems to be the biggest message that we are getting right from, from our healthcare professionals is to keep our hands clean and to, to wash as frequently as possible. Uh, obviously, that's a difficult thing to do when you're, when you're on the street. So is there anything that has been done or anything that is maybe being contemplated to help um, keep those people's hands clean during a time like this? Yes. So, uh, as I mentioned before, everybody that comes in gets a, a hand sanitizer uh, that was donated by us by Forge uh, Distillery. Uh, and we also send them uh, to the washrooms to wash their hands after they have their meal. Uh, we are changing our uh, whole system of how we are serving uh, to now uh, disposable uh, plates, disposable cutlery, so nobody gets cross-contamination yeah yeah okay that makes a lot of sense and um i mean is it because uh, i mean we're hearing i guess when when you you said you got some some hand sanitizer from uh the the forager there um and i, I spoke with them a little bit briefly yesterday over the phone uh just talking about their operation and kind of how things are are taking yeah. off there a little bit um but no but prior to getting that donation from them i mean was how was your supply was it difficult to find hand sanitizer i mean i, I was out at the store here not a couple of days ago and you know the stores are out of any sort of sanitizer so was it difficult for you to find that kind of product and, and, you know, how grateful, I guess, are you to these local companies that are taking up this type of business? Oh, definitely. Uh, for us, uh, not only here in Kamloops, but as you know, we are cross-province uh, organization. So in Alberta as well, we uh, are having very difficult to find our, from our suppliers, not only hand sanitizer or cleaning materials for our, our operations, but also masks. It's very hard to find. So for those people that are uh, being kind enough and have their compassion hearts and, and are, are being creative to find solutions to help our population and have our community to thrive, uh, we are very grateful for them. Um, have you had any issues with, uh, you know, some of the workers? Because, you know, obviously a lot of people are, are having to self-quarantine and stay at home and, um, you know, being, you know, in isolation, if you will. Have you had any issues when it comes to your staff being able to actually get enough hands on deck to, to be able to provide the services that you need to at this time? Has that been uh, challenging in any way, shape or form at all? 
yes, that is difficult, and it's difficult, for, I believe, for everybody, for uh, especially being uh, essential services and being the front lines. Uh, of course, the risk is higher, and uh, there is uh, people that uh, are willing to take those risks, but also there is staff that have preconditions and have families, they have kids, and. Uh, uh, it's not fair to them to to ask them to come to work in, in those conditions. So they are staying home, and therefore we are being, again, creative and find ways to uh, feel in the front line. So how my admin staff is ready to take in uh, uh, their positions and be the relief pool. But, of course, we have shortage of staff, and, and probably we're going to be hiring pretty soon. I also did want to ask while I have you here, Mario, about, uh, you know, just about three weeks ago, the mustard seed was hit with this uh, cyber attack that, uh, you know, had a big impact on your, your computer system and, and your phone system and things along those lines. Um, you know, that happened really just before we started really feeling the results of COVID-19 here in Canada and here in BC. So when you had to deal with that ransomware attack and then all of a sudden combined it with this issue that's ongoing when it comes to the novel coronavirus, um, how difficult was was that? Did that make things more challenging for you to make plans, um, you know, as you're trying to not only deal with COVID-19, but also have to deal with all these other issues that are coming as a result of these cyber attacks? Oh, definitely. Uh, for us, as you mentioned, just before the things start to get uh, escalated, uh, we had this uh, problem with our computers and phone system. So up to today, we still don't have a phone system working. Uh, our files uh, up to uh, from A to K was deleted. Uh, we could save some uh, for files. Uh, thankfully, none of our, our privacy from our donors was breached. But uh, uh, that makes it difficult. Like, for example, I don't have a... Uh, all the files from HR that they need to hire new people. So we are doing old style on paper, writing, handwriting, and, and having those things. So it's, it makes it harder, but uh, again, we're not, we're not going to stop our main uh, value and our main core is to serve our population, and we're not going to stop that. Perfect. Mario, I'll get you out of here on this as well. Uh, you know, one of the things in, in your note to the media yesterday, you talked about looking for some individuals able to work as support workers in the outreach center and overnight in the shelter. Um, you know, just one, one chance before I get you off the phone to sort of put that call out. What exactly are you looking for at this time? So people that are willing to serve in the front lines, uh, people that have compassion and in their heart that uh, want to be there to help those individuals that is most vulnerable right now. Uh, so the, if the, there is anyone that are, are willing to work for us, uh, we're hiring temporarily. Uh, and uh, there's positions during the day and there's positions during the night as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me here, Mario. You guys are providing some, some great services and doing some awesome work, and uh, it's important to highlight that and, and also make people aware of what is going on during this difficult time. So I really appreciate you coming on and speaking to me, and uh, like I said, keep up the great work. Oh, I appreciate that, Jeff. Thank you so much. Awesome. That was Mario Barba, the Managing Director of the Mustard Seed here in Kamloops. Yeah, definitely some uh, some, some tough times for a lot of individuals, and, and those out on our streets are, are also people to be concerned about as well. Coming up, are you worried about your mental health during this crisis? Well, I'll be speaking with the Canadian Mental Health Association after this, so stick around. More Jeff Andrea Show will be coming up.
listening to Jeff Andreas on Radio NL 610 AM News Talk and RadioNL.com. Welcome back to the Jeff Andreas Show, and thanks so much for being here with me on Tuesday. Of course, as we all deal with COVID-19 and, and the situations that are arising on an individual basis, thanks to the novel coronavirus, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who might be concerned about their mental health, or maybe not their own mental health, but someone that they truly do care about as well. And we are seeing people, you know, stuck in quarantine and, and having to spend a lot of time by themselves. Are you feeling lonely? Um, you know, there's a lot of reasons why this whole pandemic can cause some concerns with our mental health. And I'm joined on the phone now by the CEO of the Canadian Mental Health Association here in BC, Johnny Morris. Johnny, thank you so much for taking the time here. I really do appreciate it. Well, and thanks so much for covering this important issue, Jeff. It's, it's great to be on your show. So let's just start kind of with an overall sense of, of how something like this, how a, a pandemic like this, and, and you know, really, we're, we're clearly seeing the, the effects of it here in BC as people are being asked to stay home as much as possible, hang out in groups of one. I mean, how can something like this really impact an individual's mental health? Well, we're worried on a few counts, right? Um, there's um, folks generally who uh, are experiencing a heightened sense of worry and distress and anxiety about the pandemic. Um, and uh, there's a whole host of other things that are affecting people right now, including um, layoffs, loss of work, worry about finances, making ends meet. And so that anxiety and worry is, is, is arguably a really normal response to a really abnormal set of circumstances. And so that's one thing that we're noticing and, of course, we're worried about and concerned about. And then, Jeff, um, the, the populations that CMHA and other organizations in the community serve are, are folks living with mental illness or substance use problems. And, and, and I'm sure you can imagine, as can your listeners, for many of the folks we serve, um, a situation like this where there's isolation uh, as well um, can, can create the risk that symptoms get worse and people start actually feeling um, more unwell uh, with their mental health or substance use problems. So it's across the board. And then, and then thirdly, I think if we think about our healthcare workers, our housing workers, our frontline workers, you know, many working in situations that um, they might never have imagined before in, in busy emergency departments. You know, thinking about the mental health and well-being of that workforce is, is something as that we're also uh, concerned about too. Yeah, there's just so many different avenues of, of how one can be impacted, you know, in so many different ways, shapes, and forms as a result of this, whether it just be, uh, you know, concern about your health or concern about your job or concern about how you're going to support your family. There's just so many different things that, um, you know, can can have an impact on our mental health during a time like this. And, and one thing I didn't necessarily even really think about when I was trying to, to get a hold of you to set up this chat here with you today was, was those with existing mental health conditions and, and just how much extra bad, that's not really a great term to use, I think, but how much worse, I guess, this this could make those people's mental state. I mean, as if they're already dealing with a mental health issue and then have this put on top of them where it's now become more difficult to really even probably seek some services, and we'll get into that in just a little bit, but, you know, those with those existing conditions, is this uh, something that you foresee being um, more difficult for them to deal with because of those, you know, already ongoing concerns? Yeah, I think it's important to remember that um, all of us have mental health and it, and it sits along a spectrum and, and, and um, for many folks, uh, they can be well at different times and then experience symptoms at other times. And so 
you know, if I think about the programs that we offer at the Canadian Mental Health Association, um, often it's, it's, it's day programming where folks with mental illness, living with a, a mental health problem, can actually hang out with peers and connect with peers. And of course, with physical distancing, uh, that's really difficult. It's actually impossible right now. And so often when, when you're living with a mental health problem, um, and, and I, I see this in, in, in my own life with, with people around me, friends and family, and, and also in my professional life, um, one is already grappling with the, often uh, the, sometimes the isolation and the stigma that comes with that. And then when you're, you're layering in, you know, having to, to, to isolate at home, uh, what we're seeing here is, is lots of people, including the general population writ large, losing that very, very important um, opportunity to connect socially with each other, whether it be a peer, a colleague, your healthcare team, your family, uh, we're having to find new ways to do that. And um, that isolation and arguably loneliness uh, is, is in of itself a serious problem uh, that I know my organization and others are uh, recalibrating to deal with to support British Columbians. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad to hear that you're trying to, to work on, on those uh, concerns of people. And it's just a, a really challenging time, I think, for a lot who, who don't typically spend a lot of time alone. And, and now they're they're being forced to do that at this point in time. Um, you know, for myself, I, I've been thinking, thank goodness this is happening in 2020, right? At a time when we have uh, those FaceTiming and video calls and, and Skype and all this good technology to at least be able to see people face to face. But not everyone out there necessarily knows how to use that technology. So it, it's uh, still something that... That a lot of people have to have to grapple with for sure. Um, I also did want to ask you, and like I said uh, earlier, I wanted to get into sort of what services are available to people right now. Of course, um, the whole way people are working right now is is changing. I'm sure there's a lot of your staff at the CMHA that are working from home now, but it doesn't change the fact that they are available to be able to help individuals. So, what what types of services are the CMHA sort of promoting during this time? Yeah, well, maybe before I touch on that, which is a great question, just uh, just a couple of things I think um, for for folks you know who who are um, at home and listening in, or, or or you know driving around and listening in this. There, are, I think there are a few things I would say are really important around doing what we can as as individuals to to um, kind of stay well during this this particular point in time. I think often we we tell people to reach out, reach out to services like CMHA or reach out to each other. And at times like this, that can be really challenging and difficult. And, and the, the advice we've been giving out in our messaging recently is reach in. And so if you've got a family member that you're worried about or a friend who perhaps is you know, posting online that they're really anxious about what's happening or um, a colleague that you used to see every day at work and you don't see them anymore, um, the reach in is, is a, an invitation to really kind of step up and, and, and give that person a call hop on a FaceTime call, um, send them a note or text or an email. Um, and I think that goes a long way because we place a big burden on getting people to reach out. And I think, I think many of us, including myself, we can, we can do a reach in to people that we're, we're really caring about. At CMHA, uh, provincially, we um, operate uh, a number of, of virtual services that we are bringing online in a different way to, to, to support people. If folks are looking for kind of 
great information about mental health and well-being, including anxiety and stress and depression, heretohelp.bc.ca. That's heretohelp.bc.ca is a great starting point resource. We have an online program called Bounce Back Online, which is uh, um, an uh, evidence-based space for people to uh, um, learn new skills and new behaviors around stress low mood and anxiety and we're in the process of um, looking at what we can do to uh, virtualize peer support so virtualize create opportunities for people living with mental health problems or not to, to gather online uh, through our CMHA branches um, and actually a lot of our workers are doing calls they're doing call outs to clients who use our services to to check in and, and make sure everything is okay um, so over the coming days my hope is to work with outlets like yours Jeff to, to share that information so that we can um, signal to to people in Kamloops and beyond uh, uh, that uh, there are services available um, if, if you're particularly worried about someone or you're worried about yourself maybe um, you're worried about someone who, who might be at risk of suicide or self-harm or is it a real crisis um, um, 1-800-SUICIDE is the provincial crisis line service number that's 1-800-SUICIDE you don't have to be uh, um, experiencing suicidal thoughts to call that line it's a it's a service where there's a, a volunteer at the end of the line who can listen and help uh, that's also a service that's out there for folks who who are experiencing uh, distress and uh, and crisis right now too yeah, lot, lots of good and important information in there for, for people during this situation, but not just during this time, really during any time, of course, um, to be aware of, of those supports and services that are available for those individuals who are dealing with, with the extreme levels of, like you mentioned, potential suicidal thoughts or things along those lines. To know where to turn uh, is really critical information. Um, you know, I, I hear a lot about, uh, you know, pretty much every organization is having some sort of staffing challenges and finding workers to be able to be, um, you know, on the ready all the time with people obviously not being able to necessarily go into the office and having to work from home. Uh, I'm just wondering if the Canadian Mental Health Association is experiencing any of those types of problems right now. Um, you know, is, is there any issues or concerns when it comes to being able to get workers, uh, you know, on the phone and available for people who do need that help? Um, for us, I think I think we are, and I think many other nonprofits like this are are um, are retooling to make sure that access continues. And so um, there, there are a number of telephone lines that uh, we've posted provincially, and I think locally um, will support our branches to do. Our, our workforce uh, is is definitely uh, intact, and, and of course showing up, particularly in in communities like Kamloops, where we have housing and shelter support services, where there's active planning and uh, work underway to keep uh, residents of those uh, services safe and sound uh, moving forward. Uh, with your question, where I thought you were going, Jeff, with your question was, um, of course, just the, the, the kind of the stresses of working from home. And I think right now, many folks who are working from home have, have the added, uh, kind of the added complexity of having um, children at home or folks that they're caring for at home whilst doing their day-to-day -day job. Um, and I think one of the pieces of a messaging we gave out last week was to to uh, remember just how um, how unusual and extraordinary this circumstance is, and I think to expect 
that you're performing a hundred percent in your job and a hundred percent in your in your in your kind of uh, of course caring for your your kids at home is, is a really challenging task to, to 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 kind of reconcile or achieve. And so, you know, our hope is that employers, uh, and we're doing this too, like checking in with your staff, making sure there's lots of opportunities to connect, uh, remembering that productivity is going to be different during this time, not notwithstanding the fact that we still have to achieve what we need to do, um, is something for employers to think through as well. Yeah, it's definitely unprecedented times, and a lot of people, I'm sure, are having to rethink the way they go about doing their job if they are con- now having yeah. to work from home and, you know, all the added stresses that could come along with being at home. So, um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it, Johnny. Anything else that you want to ha- uh, throw on the table while I have you here? Well, I think, Jeff, just listening to your questions and, and your role as a, as, a, as a journalist, an interviewer, someone on a, on a radio station, I, I think of the role of, of radio right now as um, a means of, of, of communicating key public health messaging, um, having messages from, from people like me and others on your show. Um, I just want to hold up my, my hands to say thank you. I, I think um, with folks listening in, maybe at home or, uh, you know, um, from wherever they are uh, in this kind of unusual time, having uh, shows like yours and, and this kind of segment, I think is critical for getting the word out there. Uh, letting people know that they aren't alone, uh, encouraging people to reach in and support others, and and helping people uh, learn about the existence of resources in their communities that can help um, during this very difficult circumstance. So I just wanted to acknowledge your role in um, in in managing uh, the impact of mental health for people whilst we endure COVID nineteen. Well, I really do appreciate that, Johnny. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, I, I do hope that, you know, for those who are listening out there, that if they are feeling a little bit alone, well, hopefully voices like mine and, and yours here on here as well are, are helping to provide a little bit of comfort and, and not feel quite so alone. I know it's not quite the same as, you know, talking to someone in person, but uh, it's all I can do with, with what I got right now. So I really do appreciate yeah. that message. <laughs> Thank you so much, Johnny. And uh, yeah, hopefully everything uh, gets better here in the near future, but uh, we'll just kind of roll with the punches as they come. Thank you so much. Yeah, we'll stay connected, Jeff. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. That was Johnny Morris, the CEO of the Canadian Mental Health Association here in British Columbia. Coming up, the province did unveil a $5 billion age package to support British Columbians and businesses that are suffering because of the ongoing novel coronavirus pandemic. I'll be getting into more detail on that after this, so please stick around. Digging deeper into the day's top stories, you're listening to Jeff Andreas on 610 AM News Talk and RadioNL.com. Welcome back to the Jeff Andreas Show. Thanks so much for joining me. The B.C. government introduced a $5 billion aid package to support British Columbians and businesses suffering due to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. That plan includes $2.8 billion in support for individuals and services and $2.2 billion for businesses. I am joined on the phone now to talk a little bit more about that package. It's policy analyst Alex Hemingway. Alex, thank you so much for taking the time here. Good morning. Thanks for having me. So last week you joined me to talk uh, about the $82 billion package that was outlined by the federal government, and today uh, they're going to be voting on some of that package here. But, uh, of course, we wanted to talk a little bit more about this $5 billion package from the province of B.C. So I just want to start by getting sort of your overall thoughts on this package. Is it enough right now, and is there anything that you feel perhaps was maybe left out? 
Yeah, so credit to the the provincial government. Uh, I, I think we have to give credit for turning out a, quite a substantial package of help in a very short time amid this crisis. Uh, big picture, this is meant to plug some of the holes in in the federal plan. Like the big income supports are, are meant to come through the uh, employment insurance system federally. So what we see here uh, from the provincial government is. Uh, uh, $1.7 billion going to services like healthcare, uh, ramping up social services, shelters, uh, funding to nonprofits to, to provide critical services right now, and, and uh, also to childcare for uh, those essential workers who need to keep going to work. Uh, also in there is a $1,000 payment. Um, uh, to anyone whose ability to work has been affected, and that's meant to sort of top up some of those income measures uh, uh, from the federal government. Uh, those are a couple of the the big ones, and then there's a lot of other small pieces of uh, smaller pieces of help, like de- deferring your BC Hydro bill, deferring your ICBC payments, uh, freeze on student loan payments. Uh, those are some of the key ones that stand out on the personal side. Yeah, and, and I think that's really important when talking about just people who are, you know, laid off right now and, and are having to basically wait on EI. Last week, we saw half a million Canadians apply for EI, and I'm sure that number is just going to go up and up here over the course of this week. So a lot of people trying to get into that system, and who knows how long it might take to, to see some of those benefits. Um, so really, I think it's critical that the province come out with stuff like this to be able to to help people out who are struggling. And, and you mentioned a number of the things that uh, this covers, like child care, um, you know, also talk about, like, rent and housing and in disability services that are needing to be made available. Um, you know, critical stuff here, I think, for, for many individuals who are suffering right now as a result of, of really not having the ability to work. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the uh, uh, difficulties we're seeing with both the federal and provincial plans is, is getting the money out the door fast enough. And that's why the things that can be done really immediately, like uh, deferring your, your bill payments on those utilities, are important. And we're also waiting for more detail uh, on uh, measures to protect uh, uh, housing, to protect uh, and in particular to prevent uh, evictions of anyone. So tomorrow we're going to hear more details from the province on that. That's really critical. You did hear a big picture message from the premier yesterday that uh, no one will lose their uh, apartment because of COVID-19, but we need the details on that as rent day is coming up on April 1st uh, uh, to make sure people are secure in their homes. And we need to also, you know, at all levels be uh, 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 putting actually more income in people's hands, employment insurance only uh, replacing 55% of income uh, up to, uh, whereas you see other countries in Europe, they're replacing 80 to 90% of people's income in this time of crisis. So I do think we need to ramp up the ambition. It's good we're getting uh, packages that the door quickly and it's also encouraging that both the provincial and federal governments are saying this is a first step uh, but you know we all need to keep this in mind and, and push to make sure this is expanded uh, as quickly as possible as yeah, well. Yeah I was going to ask about that exact thing because Horgan did say that he fully expects this will be just the first round of assistance that is needed so um, with that in mind I just wanted to kind of ask and you kind of touched on it here a little bit but you know is there anything that you would like to see um, sort of in that next round of supports is there anything that you believe should be in this next round of supports that hasn't been discussed already. I mean, we talked a little bit about the things that really need to get out the door probably on a, on a you know, as quickly as possible basis, um, but there's maybe some things that, uh, you know, haven't been highlighted here yet that maybe should be in the next round. 
Yeah, well, maybe I'll just focus on the next few days as we're going to see uh, some of the uh, next immediate piece of the provincial package come out. We should we should see increases in the income assistance and disability rates. That's really critical, and I hope we see that later this week. And in terms of uh, making sure people are in, in their homes and still have cash in their pockets, I think it's critical uh, in these housing announcements that we'll be waiting for tomorrow that, you know, anyone who is unable to pay uh, uh, rent on April 1st, uh, not be evicted, uh, and if they, you know, and that includes if they need to hang on to that cash because they need to buy groceries. So there needs to be uh, uh, um, uh, supports, you know, to deal with the consequences of that in terms of the, the landlord side as quickly as possible next month uh, as well. But as we're heading to April 1st, make sure no one's out of their home and uh, that they uh, were allowing them to keep cash in their pockets for essentials. Yeah, about a week away from that April 1st uh, when rent would be due deadline. So um, I think there is a lot of concern from a lot of uh, tenants out there about what could potentially happen if they can't make their rent. And uh, hopefully we hear sooner than later about what that plan will be to make sure they stay in their homes. Um, Alex, unfortunately, we are out of time already. It felt like it went pretty quick here today. Um, yeah, so we had you on last week to, to follow up the $82 billion federal plan here this week to follow up the, the $5 billion provincial plan. And, you know, next time we see some more reports, or supports, excuse me, being rolled out, I'll, I'll give you another call and we can uh, continue this chat then. So thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it. And, and we'll talk soon. Sounds like a plan. Hang in there, everyone. Yeah, you as well. That was policy analyst at the uh, Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives, Alex Hemingway. Well, that wraps things up for me here today. I want to thank all my guests for joining me. And, of course, a big thank you to all of you for listening. And remember, whether you join me for a short while or a long while, just know we enjoyed our time while it lasted. I'll be back here tomorrow at 9.